You've owned your fear and all your self-loathing. You've owned the voices inside of your head. You've owned the shame and reproach of your failure. It's time to own your belovedness. That was a few lines from the song Belovedness by Sarah Kroger. You'll hear more of it later in today's podcast. Well, hello, Intentional Families. I'm 12-year-old Emma, the youngest of seven kids, and I'm in seventh grade. You and I have met many times before on the podcast, but this time is kind of unique. This time, I'm joining Mom for the entire episode so she and I can discuss an issue together. The topic is self-worth, and the issue is all of the invisible labels we wear. Often these labels are lies that we believe about ourselves. What can we do to combat the lies, to take every thought captive and speak truth into our self-worth? That's what we're going to be talking about today in episode 131 of the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. And I think it would be awesome if your kids listened in on today's podcast too. Let's get started with more intentional right now. The last two weeks, Emma, I've been talking to the moms who listen to the podcast about their kids' self-perception and the labels that they allow themselves to wear, these invisible words that they think describe who they are. These words may have been put there by other people, or they might have been put there by themselves. We all struggle with self-perception lies or false labels that we wear. And so I'd like you to share some of yours with the listeners, partly because it will give them some idea of what their kids might be thinking or feeling right now, and because they may have their kids listening. And so you would be influencing those kids directly. So why don't you share a lie that you wrestle with believing about yourself? You may know, you know what, this really isn't true, but I still feel this way a lot of the time. Yeah. The first one I have is I'm not really beautiful. I have verses for this one. They are Psalm 139, 13 through 14, which says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. The next one I have is one of my favorite verses, Proverbs thirty-one twenty-five, which says, She is clothed in strength and dignity and laughs without fear of the future. So when you think of that last verse, what about it impacts your wrestling with that lie? How does that verse help you? Well, the main point of the verse is basically four things. She is clothed in strength. She is clothed in dignity. She laughs, which means she is content, even happy about whatever circumstances she's in and without fear. I love that, that God uses this analogy of clothes that she wears, only that it's strength and it's dignity. In other words, these things are the things that really shape who we are and some of what makes us beautiful. But the world tries to tell us something different. What do you feel like the world tries to tell us, which is why girls your age would be wrestling with this issue of, I'm not beautiful? I think what the world tells us is definitely not inward appearance. It's definitely what you wear, how you look, how much acne, what your hair is like, whatever is on the outside, what brand of shoes you wear, you know? Okay, what's the next lie that you wrestle with taking it on as part of your self-perception? So the next one is, I'm not wanted or chosen or needed, which the verse I have for that is 1 Peter 2, 9-10 
which says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. And what about that verse impacts your self-perception? How does it help you overcome the lie that says, I'm not wanted or chosen or needed? I mean, it literally says you are God's special possession. And in Genesis, it says you're his most precious possession. You know, when he made Adam, he said, now the world is very good. Said it before, it was just good. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. God is our source for truth and reality. And what happens a lot of times is we have interactions with other people. And then we interpret things from those interactions. And we say, I think by the way they looked at me or by their tone of their voice, or the way they said that or the way they didn't answer me indicates they don't care about me. They don't choose me. They don't need me. They don't want me. They don't believe I'm beautiful enough. And this is lies that we can wrestle with even about our own family members, right? Like I'll bet there are times when you feel that way, even about me that you would wrestle with that mom doesn't care about me, you know, that kind of thing. Do you ever wrestle with that? It's mostly when I'm in trouble. So it's just basically the immediate thoughts when I'm mad. So I have less of a proverbial strainer, if you will, on my brain, you know, about my thoughts. So yeah, that's a good description. I'm glad you've identified that when we make interpretations or receive messages from other people, we want to think of the most negative aspect about that and then put it on us like a label, a negative label about us. And what we have to do is we have to pull that label off and say, nope, I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to believe that about this relationship. And you can also go to a person and say, hey, when we were in the middle of this situation, I was starting to feel like maybe you think this about me. Is that accurate? And then that can open a dialogue for that other person to say, oh my goodness, is that what you thought from that situation? Because man alive, that is not what I mean. That is not how you're laughing at my term. (laughs) I think that's some old fashioned term, man alive. (laughs) Okay. That's good that he's alive. (laughs) It it just means, oh, that's shocking. (laughs) Oh, that is shocking that you feel that way. I am so sorry you feel that way. That is not my intended message. If you were telling me this makes me feel this way, then it's my job to hear you, to adjust, to be more careful in the future of the messages that I'm sending. Something that I think you're learning this already, and I can tell it from your answers you're giving today, is all people in this world are going to send messages inaccurately, incompletely, So ultimately, our worth cannot be wrapped up in what other people think of us or what we think they think of us. Ultimately, our worth is in the God who made us. He made us with a purpose and with abilities that are unique to just you. And he's put passions in your heart about his world. And your messages to the world are messages the world needs. And so I just want to encourage you to to keep wrestling with these lies and throwing them out. Now, I think you have one more that you're going to share with us, right? Yeah. So the last one is God doesn't love me, which is, 
you know, it can stem from if a family member has left or died or your friend is going through some really bad situation or... Which you've had a lot of family members leave because you're the youngest of seven. And Mm -hmm. so one at a time, your siblings grow up and move away. And it's really sad and hard, isn't it? Those feelings of abandonment happen even of people who love us a lot. Still, we end up with these little wounds on our hearts. I can put in the show notes some other episodes about wounds that we as parents may accidentally give our kids and how to handle those. It's something I'm writing about in my fifth book. (laughs) Your love becomes their strength, answering the six questions of your child's heart. One of them is about am I worth restoring? those wounds that sometimes end up on someone's heart that we didn't intend to be there. So Emma, what verse or verses do you use to help you combat this lie that God doesn't love me? Yeah, this one is 1 John 4, 10 through 11. It says, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an anointing sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Great. At the end of today, you're going to be singing part of a song for us. Can you kind of tell us why you're going to do that song or what it means to you or what you had something you wanted to say about it? Yeah. So after I heard this song, I was actually hearing it from my sister's Spotify playlist, (laughs) listening to that with her. I liked the words, so I wrote down what I could remember. I wrote down, yes, you are pure as gold. Yes, you are beautiful. And just on a little piece of paper, and I wrote about four of them, and I stuck one on my mirror. I stuck one on my light switch. You know, just different places that I look all the time that I can just have that as a constant message to me. That is from a habit that we have learned over time. And I share it in another podcast episode on how to overcome negative self-talk. And and it does include identifying your lies and then identifying the truth in God's word and then writing down some of that truth and putting it around in different places where you live so that you will see it often and tell yourself the truth until you don't wrestle with that lie anymore. And then you can move on to solving another one of those lies. I want to address two things that you said a minute ago. One, a Spotify list. The music we listen to can really help build up truth in our hearts or tear down truth in our hearts. I have been having you build a Spotify playlist for me. See if we can put a link. If I don't know if that's a possibility, but yeah, we'll see be. if we can put a link in the show notes to my Spotify playlist about our identity. So let's move on to another aspect of self-worth that I wanted us to talk about. Whether it is shame or guilt or I'm ugly or I'm fat or I'm uh, not smart, you know, whatever those kind mm-hmm. of thoughts are. Anything that is something God wouldn't say about us tends to be something that stops us from growing, stops us from living an abundant life. Mm-hmm. So learning to evaluate those thoughts that we're having and asking ourselves, does this line up with the word of God? Does this line up with what God says about me? And are these thoughts causing me to shut down? to not be friendly, because I I think 
poorly of myself, I don't feel confident enough to reach out to another person and, and Mm -hmm. befriend them or maybe not go to that event because I feel a lack of self-confidence. You know, those things stifle us. Really, they kind of chain us down. If you're thinking something about yourself and even questioning, is this actually true? You know, it's always good to think, did God say this about me? Like, Philippians 4, 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about these things. Think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. So, that just, whatever you're thinking about yourself or even someone else, go through that list and see, like, is what I'm thinking pure? Is it true? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it noble? Is it right? And even if you come across other verses in the Bible that talk about characteristics of God's people or his children, you know, look through those. So when you look at something like that and you see that list that you just said, pure, true, trustworthy, of good report, noble, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. God has called us to be those things. And if we look at it and say, but I'm not that, I'm not true. I tell lies. Let's use that example. Well, we shouldn't say, oh, well, that's okay. I'm just not going to think about that. Instead, what we do need to do is feel regret about that and ask God to redeem us from that. So pursue truth and pursue purity and pursue being noble and pursue having good reports about you. Turn our face to those things and repent of the ways that we're not that. You see, I think in our society, there's this really popular mindset that we shouldn't feel any shame. So therefore, I'm going to be proud of exactly how I am at this moment. Mm -hmm. And the truth is... And almost prideful. Yes. Like, well, yeah, prideful. Right. And like almost mean to someone who contradicts their beliefs or mindset or whatever. Yes. And yet, there are a lot of things in me that I shouldn't be proud of. There are a lot of things in me that are not right. What I should do is not get a prideful mindset about, well, this is the way I am. Take me or leave me. No. Instead, I can refine with the help of the Holy Spirit. Right. I can identify those things in me that that I need to work on. And I can be motivated and excited to know that our good God loves me and made me for something better than that. And so I can repent of that to him and I can ask him to refine me. And then it is him who works through me to become more and more noble and pure and right and of good report. I should not hold shame, but it is okay to feel regretful about the things I do wrong and let it be motivation in us to repent and refine and let God redeem us and restore us to a better place. That is exciting. Then all of a sudden, my imperfections are not a destructive label that I wear about myself anymore. Mm -hmm. But instead, they're an area I get to grow in. In fact, I can with my friends, when I'm imperfect, I can say, hey, I am struggling with this aspect of me that I have just really not been living the way I should. 
But I have asked God to forgive me about that and asked him to help me to overcome that so I can be living out who he's really designed me to be. Mm -hmm. And I would love it if you would pray for me. And is there any way I could pray for you? If a friend came to you and asked you that, what would you think of her? I'd think I have gone through that myself. You know, we all have struggles. And what would I say to her? Well, depending on what she told me, I would probably tell her about one of my experiences. And I would probably say a like say a Bible verse or that helps me in that struggle or a phrase. Like one time I was going through a little bit of doubt because grandpa was going through his heart condition and it, I was on the way to church and we had the radio on and the guy was talking about a phrase that really helped me. It was fear says what if, but faith says even if. You know, fear says what if this happens to you, or what if this happens, or what if that person does that, and so you can't trust them anymore. But faith says, even if they do that, even if that happens, even if, you know, whatever, then God will still be by your side, and He will still be working in your life through that. Yeah. So, if a friend of yours was honest and vulnerable with you like that, would you feel closer to her from her opening up to you? Probably. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And would you end that conversation feeling more encouraged and maybe Um, even... I wouldn't use that word encouraged, but almost happy that she was that vulnerable with me. Exactly. Um, You know, that she trusted me. Yes. That's exactly what I would think is, wow, she trusted me with Mm -hmm. this. And that makes me feel so special. You know, that that, answers a lot of, you know, I am worthy of her trust. Exactly. Isn't that interesting that when we humble ourselves and be vulnerable with a friend like that, be truly real, more genuine, more authentic, and ask for their help too, pray for Mm -hmm. me about that, then that takes the relationship to a very positive place. Yeah. Now, the opposite is what often happens with friends is they kind of wallow together in their sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's gossiping together about someone else or whether it's a temptation to make the other person feel good about in the middle of their doing wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want them to feel bad about it. So, you know, oh, well, that's okay. It's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. And, and that actually takes you both to a worse place yeah. in your character, in your heart, in your relationship with God, in your relationship with each other. So yeah. that authentic vulnerability of kind of confessing a little bit to one another, but for the sake of encouraging and praying for one another, yeah, it can really and, build a friendship. Yeah. And, and the Bible even says, confess your sins to one another, but also... Another thing, what I liked what you said as my friend, (laughs) um, (laughs) is she ended with, is there any way I can pray for you? If any of your kids are listening, that would make me feel a lot better because if she didn't, I would kind of feel like she was, you know, the Bible says bear one another's burdens. So I would kind of feel like she was just taking it off of her back and putting it on mine altogether. But then that she ended with, is there any way I can pray for you? It's a, hey, we're in this together. 
Mm-hmm. And we're both headed yeah. towards God's will for our lives. Um, yeah. Both headed towards team. becoming who God designed us to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to help you. And that would be awesome if you helped me too. Right. So we can affect the people around us. And in so doing, if if we choose to build one another up, as scripture tells us to do, as we build them up, it actually builds us up too. Mm-hmm. It encourages us. It strengthens our faith when we do that. Another label that I feel like some people might have is tempted. Um, well, temp- tempted is something that we all are. Yes, yes, so I'm not I know. Sure but that you saying um, the label of tempted is exactly what you want to be. Saying. I know, but if they have that mindset that I am tempted easily. Okay. Especially, okay. then that will make them you give know, in to things more right. Easily. They that will give we them a be... less less of a filter. Yes, about that's true. Like I got a pocket knife for Christmas, and it well, it was technically two things. So it was a pocket knife, and then it was a flint and steel. Because you, know? you have some camping that's going right. to be coming uh-huh. in your future, so it yeah. was for that. Mm-hmm. So I haven't used the flint and steel yet to you know start a fire, but. Daddy doesn't want me to do it alone. So if I said, well, I know how to start a fire. I know how to put out a fire. I'm fine. And then I went in the backyard and, you know, started a fire. I don't know how steel works. I know how a lighter works, but I don't know how to use flint and steel. So if I had the label of I am tempted easily, then I would have much less of a filter I think pretty much all of us, whenever our parents say not to do something, well, then you go through your mind, what would happen if I did? So we don't want to put a label on ourselves of, I give in to temptation. Right, because that will make you more susceptible to doing that. Instead, I want to wear a label of, I'm an overcomer. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, With the Lord's help, I I will be strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In 1 Corinthians 10, I think it's 13, it says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure it. That's awesome. So you are choosing to wear a label that you are an overcomer and you don't give in to temptation. That doesn't mean you never will, but if you wear the right labels about yourself, the labels that God has given us in Scripture, that is us learning to take every thought captive. And I'm glad you used the example of fire, because fire is something interesting. It is powerful. Mm-hmm. It is either powerful for good, or it is powerful for destruction. Yeah. And a lot of things in our lives are like that. The Bible says our tongue is like that, that in our tongue, we hold life and death. Mm-hmm. And so we need to learn to be careful about the words that we speak over ourselves, even if that's in our mind. Maybe we don't say it out loud, but we say some pretty terrible things about ourselves in our mind. We need to stop speaking that kind of fire, negative fire over us. Mm -hmm. We need to use our thoughts for speaking truth into us. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a a weed that... Once it starts growing, and if you don't do anything about it, then it'll crush everything around it. It'll 
tie it up and make it die. So all of the good vegetables or flowers or whatever you're growing. (laughs) That's a great analogy. In our own lives, in our minds, we've got to pull those weeds. Mm -hmm. We've got to reject that and say, nope, that's a lie. I am pulling that weed out. I am not going to let that thing grow. And we also then, in other people's lives, have to recognize, I am not going to plant weeds in my friend's life. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to plant weeds in my sibling's life or my parent's life or, or in anybody's life. A little bit ago, Emma told me that my audience of moms and their kids may need to think about the self-worth and identity issue, specifically stemming from the song. You told me about the song Belovedness by Mm -hmm. Sarah Kroger. I think it would be cool if you were to read the words to to that song. It starts with, you've owned your fear and all your self-loathing. You've owned the voices inside your head. You've owned the shame and reproach of your failure. It's time to own your belovedness. You've owned your past and how it's defined you. You've owned everything everybody else says. It's time to hear what your father has spoken. It's time to own your belovedness. He says you're mine. I smiled when I made you. I find you beautiful in every way. My love for you is fierce and unending. Come to find you, whatever it takes, my beloved. When it says own your belovedness, it's saying you own all these negative things about yourself. Mm-hmm. You you decide to hold on to these negative labels about yourself. Well, Mm -hmm. it is time for you to own the truth about yourself, which is not all of those negative labels. Don't hold on to those. Right. Repent of those if some of them are sins and need to be repented of. Cling to the truth of who God has truly designed you to be. Walk in those words. Walk in the reality that you are beloved. Read another verse to us, Emma. It says, you've owned the mess that you see in the mirror. You've owned the lies that you're just not enough. You've been so blinded by all you're comparing. It's time to own your belovedness. I love the first line that it says you've owned the mess that you see in the mirror and not just you own the mess that's in the mirror. I think we always see the worst in ourselves Mm -hmm. and we compare our worst to everybody else's best. Yeah. And that's not very fair. Mm-hmm. But really, what we need to do when we look at our lives and we see that sometimes there are messes. Sometimes the mess isn't our fault at all, but we're still in the middle of it. Sometimes yeah. life is a mess. But the cool thing is that we serve this good God who says that we're in the palm of his hand. He is working all of those things out for your good and his glory. We've got to learn to trust in his promises. We've got to learn to cling to his promises and pull out the weeds of lies, Mm -hmm. pull out the weeds of destructive, isolating things that cause us to shut down, that cause us to become immobilized with fear or guilt or self-condemnation or very low Mm self-worth. And instead, choose to pull those weeds out and move to growth and freedom in Christ, pursuing who he has called us to be. And he says we are beloved. Emma, is there any more verses to that that we didn't do? Well, just one more line. 
It says, You are completely loved and fully known. Beloved, believe he died to make your heart his home. I love that it's like a message from God. He is speaking all of these things over us. It says, You've owned all your fear and all your self-loathing. And it gives all this big list of you know, these things that you are thinking over yourself. And that helps us identify something that maybe we are owning these things or something similar. And just hearing the list of things that we might be owning might help us identify things that we are. And then it'll get us thinking, what else that she didn't put here? What else am I owning that I shouldn't be? Yeah. We will put a link in the show notes to that song by Sarah Kroger so that you can hear it performed Mm -hmm. as well. We'll also put some scriptures in there for you guys to go over together, to memorize, to put in on some sticky Mm -hmm. notes or three by five cards and hang them up so that you can start speaking the truth over yourself Mm -hmm. and no more of those lies. Yeah. Also, something I would suggest doing is just take some time to think about all of the things that you are owning or lies that you are thinking about yourself or speaking over yourself and write those down and then next to it, the opposite of that, the truth about yourself, you know, and you could even do two columns, truths about myself and lies about myself. Yes, with the purpose of overcoming the lies with the truth. Yeah, and you could even take that list and put it on your bathroom mirror or you could cut it in half and you could tape the truth part about yourself wherever you see most you know on a light switch on your bedpost on your closet door or something and then one time on a Wednesday night at church the youth pastor had us write down on a piece of paper all of the things that we needed to get rid of in our lives and then we went to the front to the altar and just ripped it up then we prayed over it That's a great idea, Mm -hmm. to rip up those lies. Pray for God to help you overcome those. Mm -hmm. We're going to wrap up today's podcast by sharing two songs with you. You will find links to the actual songs in the show notes. Also in the show notes, be sure to check out our other links to a Spotify playlist that Mom and I made just for you. A list of songs to speak life into your self-worth to help you know God loves you and your life is valuable. We really hope you'll listen to our Spotify playlist and check out our other links in the show notes. Next week, Mom will join you again right here and she will be sharing her first episode in the series Parenting in the Trenches. Now we're closing out this episode with my version of the songs Belovedness by Sarah Kroger and Always Remember to Never Forget by Christy Knuckles. You've owned your fear and all your self-loathing You've owned the voices inside of your head. You've owned the shame and reproach of your failure. It's time to own your belovedness. You've owned your past and how it's defined you. You've owned everything everybody else says. It's time to hear what your father has spoken. It's time to own your belovedness. He says you're mine. I smiled when I made you. I find you beautiful in every way. My love for you is fierce and unending. I'll come to find you 
whatever it takes, my beloved. You've owned the mess you see in the mirror. You've owned the lies that you're just not enough. You've been so blinded by all your comparing. It's time to own your belovedness. He says you're mine. I smiled when I made you. I find you beautiful in every way. My love for you is fierce and unending. I'll come to find you, whatever it takes, my beloved. You are completely loved and fully known. Beloved, believe he died to make your heart his home. And he says you're mine. I smiled when I made you. I find you beautiful in every way. My love for you is fierce and unending. I'll come to find you, whatever it takes, my beloved. It's time to own your belovedness. This is Always Remember to Never Forget by Christy Knuckles. Hey there, beautiful one. You there shining with glory. Would you let your heart hear if I sang about you? Did you know that every fairy tale you love? They have borrowed your story. Of a maiden so lovely and her hero so true. It's just that this world is hollow and it wants to swallow any memory of who you really are. So always remember to never forget when you look in the mirror, the answer is yes. Yes, you are pure as gold. Yes, you are beautiful. So always remember to never forget. Always remember to never forget. Like a treasure in the deep, your heart is a diamond, and your hero will do what it takes to find it. And he can hold it tenderly and become your defender. Even lay down his life just to make your heart heal. It's just that this world is broken and it wants to hold back any evidence of that kind of love. So always remember to never forget when you look in the mirror. The answer is yes. Yes, you are pure as gold. Yes, you are beautiful. So always remember to never forget. Always remember to never, oh, never forget.